Are you looking for inspiration on a daily basis? Well, check out Deal to Heal Teas. With our inspirational teas, you're sure to find something that will inspire you. Just go to dealtoheeltees.myshopify.com. That's Deal to Heal Teas. Get some inspiration in your situation. Wear inspirational tea and be inspired all day. That's Deal to Heal Teas at Deal to Heal Teas. That my Shopify.com. Hey guys, this is Ernest James, host of the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. And I got a question to ask you. Could you buy me a cheeseburger? Better yet, could you buy me a value meal? Yes? Well, guess what? I don't need a value meal. However, for the cost of a value meal, you can support this podcast to keep us on the air. Just go to Patreon slash Deal to Heal podcast and choose any one of the three tiers that's available. And if you just want to make a one-time donation, go to Cash App and make a donation to dollar sign E. James, the number 418. Make a one-time donation to the Cash App or again, go to Patreon to support this podcast and keep us on the air. Thanks in advance. Be blessed. Welcome to Deal to Heal with E. James Podcast. On this podcast, my guest and I will discuss topics and ways to help us to heal in every area of our lives. I believe that everyone can live a life that is happy, healthy, and whole. So I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. I am your host, Ernest James, and I believe that everyone can and should live a life that is whole, healed, and healthy. And therefore, I'm on a mission to help people to deal, heal, and fulfill. Let's deal with your problems, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thank you guys once again for tuning in to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe uh, like, listen, share the podcast. Um, you know, we are on all the social media platforms, pretty much, uh, Instagram, TikTok, you know, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. So make sure you guys are following us and sharing us. We definitely appreciate your support. Also, uh, I'll tell you guys how you can win a hundred dollars from the podcast. Um, don't cost you nothing, but you can win a hundred dollars, but you got to stay until the end to get that information. Um, so there's that. Um, another thing, our next thing we're going to talk about our product of the week is actually, I actually have it on. So, uh, one of our teas, our mission tea actually, and it says, uh, deal, heal, fulfill, and deal with the problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. You can get our teas at deal to heal teas at shopify.com. Uh, we have about maybe 10 different. Uh, kinds of teas that's on there, inspirational teas. So definitely want you guys to check those out. Um, so I think that's about it for the introduction. So just like today, just like any other day, we are blessed with a guest, Mr. Virgil Johnson. How are you doing? Hey, how you doing? How you doing, James? I'm doing wonderful. How about you? I am good. I'm good. First of all, let me say thank you for being here because you could be doing anything else, but you're here with me and my listeners and we definitely appreciate it. So I want you to let you know that up front. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you having me here. No problem. No problem, man. So we're going to jump right in. So, Virgil, do me a uh, favor. Introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us who you are and what it is that you do. Hey, Deal to Hill listeners. My name is Virgil. I'm a former educator, former high school coach, current author, current career coach or life coach, um, current motivational speaker, professional speaker, um, as well as an assistant minister at my congregation. And what I do is I help men overcome anxiety and hopelessness through self-mastery. I also help men. Um, I call myself the idea architect because I help individuals also construct ideas and see things from a different perspective. So that way that they can attack a problem that they're having 
um, with a new idea or a new way of thinking that they didn't have before. All right, all right. So, Virgil, we go, we go, uh, go back a little bit, right? So, before you were the Virgil that you are now, because I know with every uh, mission that we have, you know, like they say, with, with every uh, testimony, there's a test. Yes, you know sir. what I mean? And so, I know there was a version of you that brought you to this point that now you're reaching out to, to help others and help men. So what was that story, that backstory, or just tell us a little bit of who you were beforehand and that experience that you had, which brought you to this point that now that you've overcome, you're in a position now that you want to reach out to help other men. Absolutely. So one of the things that I realized about myself is at my core, I've always been the same person but I was the lower version of myself now. And so when I say I was the lower version of myself, like I've always been a caring person, always been a compassionate person, always wanted to help others. I've always been a person who seek knowledge. I've always been an individual who have just, you know, wanted to be great in life. The difference between that me and me now was A, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't know who I was. I didn't have a vision for my life. And I didn't know where I wanted to go or where I was going. I was literally waking up every day and wherever the wind blew me to, that's where I was going. At the, you know, um, in our in our pre pre-show, you asked me if I was a father. And I mm -hmm. said yes. And I told you I had seven children. I have seven children by multiple women. And that's because, you know, I was literally just searching for something outside of myself. So even though I was with these wasn't dogging women out, you know, anything like that, but because I didn't know who I was and I didn't know where I was going at in my life. I was getting in relationships and then it wasn't working out because I was lost and all over the place and didn't have any, any direction or any focus. So then the relationships end up ending, ended up um, coming to an end. And some of those relationships I ended up having children with. So that was the version of me um, prior to me going through my transformation. And then my transformation actually started with my wife, my wife and I were having a very simple conversation and the conversation, because I was a person who was, was unsure of himself. A lot of things that my wife would say to me at the beginning of our marriage, I would take personally. These weren't personal shots. She wasn't trying to tear me down, but it was personal. I took it personal. So we ended up getting into a little spat about money. We weren't struggling. We weren't homeless. We weren't hungry. We had a roof over our head. We were comfortable. So money wasn't the problem, but because we were having a conversation about money, which is something that I struggled with, just understanding it, it sent me into a tailwind. And the reason why it sent me into a tailwind is because in, inside I was like, man, I'm failing again. Like I had tried many different things in life and here I am failing again at something. I can't even get it right with this woman that I prayed for and that I actually got. So, so I ended up, you know, going and going into a deep place, you know, was going to commit suicide, wrote out suicide letters to my family, friends, children, my wife, um, you know, planned out my whole suicide. And, you know, I went to go tell my wife what I was going to do. I didn't tell her so she didn't stop me. I told her so that way she wouldn't be shocked walking in and seeing that her husband was dead in the middle of the floor. So when us talking, you know, me telling her about it, you know, she was very distraught and, and we had a conversation. And so what I did was I made a promise to myself. I never promised not to kill myself. I promised to make sure I tried everything in my life that I could to change my circumstances from, you know, failure after failure before killing myself. If I tried everything that I could and it still didn't change my life, then I was going to check out. But in me going through that journey of trying everything that I could, it allowed me to better myself, better my life, better my situation. Now, even in that, even in that, you know, that that understanding, I still went through even even harder trials and tribulations. My back went out. I couldn't walk for four or five months straight. I was stuck not being able to do anything for myself. And in that position, that's when I started taking accountability for myself and going through the process that I went through. And I'm going to explain a little bit later on. Um, but in overcoming those adversities and overcoming, you know, those things, that was my test. And that's how I was able to get to where I'm at now and then reach back to help men that were in that same position as well. All right. All right, man. You, you said a, you said a mouthful uh, and, and we're going to hit some of those things. But I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back yes, uh, to one of the things that you said that I, I did forget to ask you uh, was 
the fact that you do have children and I know that you are a girl dad. And as you know, when I have girl dads on, it's always two questions that I always ask. Yes, so sir. I'm asking them two questions to you now. Number one, what does it mean to you to be a girl dad? And number two, tell me something that your daughter or daughters may have taught you. So to me, what it means to be a girl dad is to be a man who's preparing his daughter for success in life. So that's getting her acclimated with dealing with the opposite sex. I believe that I am the representation of who it is that she's going to look to when she gets older. So the type of man that she goes after is going to be one of two men, either a man that mirrors me or a man that's totally opposite of me because I've done something that's caused disdain in her that she doesn't want to have anything related to me. So she's only going to date two men, one that's exactly like me or one that's not like me. So I want to make sure I put out you know, an image of a great man so that way she goes after the great man and not the man that's the opposite of me. Because typically if a man is opposite of you, he's not good for her. So that's what it means to be a girl dad for me. And as far as what my daughters have taught me, I have two daughters, one that's 12, one that's two. My two-year-old stays in the home with me. My 12-year-old comes and visits me. She stays in another state, but she comes and visits me about four to six months out of the year. Um, my older daughter, because she's my first child, she is the one that kind of taught me like what it means to to be on a journey. Like, like my journey actually started because like I told you I was a former educator. My journey in education started with me going to see my daughter. It started with me seeing students who were outside of school when they should have been in school and then realizing, hey, I need to, you know, make sure this doesn't happen because education is important. So on my way to go see her is how I got on my journey into going into education and becoming a teacher. So my daughter, my, my oldest daughter is the one that just teaches, has taught me like how to get on a path, how to find a mission and how to stay diligent in that. My younger daughter, man, she, she, she is, um, <laughs> she's amazing. With the life that I've decided to live, one of the things that my wife and I wanted to do was homeschool our children that live in the home with us. We have two children together. And seeing the work that I'm putting into my younger daughter, because she's home, home with me every single day, we homeschool. What she's showing me is the work that you have to put in to be great at something. I want my daughter to be the greatest woman that she can be in her own right. So in order for that to happen, I have to put in an enormous amount of work. So my, my youngest daughter is showing me what it means to put in work and the amount of work you have to put in to something in order for it to be great. So those are the two things that I've learned from both of my daughters. Oh man, that's that's amazing. That's amazing, man. My um I, I love to to hear the different viewpoints, you know, from the fathers. Um, and, and like I said, I'm a I'm a fatherless daughter advocate. And so that's one of the reasons why I asked, you know, because I think our our words and you know how we feel about our daughters, you know, can give a, a peek. And to those daughters who have not had the experience uh, yeah. or maybe even just a, a joyful experience with their fathers, yes. you know, of what the love of a father looks like, yes. you know. Um, so, yeah. So I, I always ask those two questions and I'm, I'm glad you reminded me <laughs> so I could <can laughs> ask you. I love your answer. My uh, my daughter is 19 now. Um, she actually finished our college, uh, a different college, mm -hmm. um, she transferred to a different college uh, just this week. So okay. that's a whole nother yeah. ball game. But uh, <laughs> but I want to go back. I want to go back to some of the things that you mentioned earlier, just uh, in your personal story, um, because I, I love when I have men on and I definitely love when I have men whose heart is addressing men, yes, you sir. know, because it's not often that we have the platforms uh, or the ears of the people or of other men to be vulnerable, to be open, to address issues that we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis that a lot of times we just kind of, you know, push over because of how society or even in our, our own homes, how we were raised, you know, mm -hmm. be tough, don't cry, you know, act like it don't hurt and, you know, brush it off or whatever. When in reality, we're human. Yes. And we deal with emotions and we deal with different things, you know, just like anybody else deals with. Um, and so I, when I'm ha having someone like yourself on that addresses things that not only 
things that you went through, which is being vulnerable, which opened up the door for other men to be vulnerable also, but then also to be able to have conversations that we probably generally wouldn't have on an open forum, you know, even if we have them at all, because sometimes we don't necessarily have, all of us don't necessarily have the safe spaces amongst other men to yes. have these conversations. You know what I mean? So I definitely uh, appreciate you being on. And I want, so I want to go back to uh, one of the things that you talked about, you know, which is kind of like, you know, dealing with, with failure. And you were saying that, you know, you felt like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm failing again. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And so even with that, what was one of the things or some of the things that kind of helped you to address those issues of, you know, feeling like that you were constantly failing, you know, and how did you kind of create, create, correct some of those issues that, that may have came up, you know, in your transformation? Man, that's a wonderful question. So one of the things that, that I realized and I, you know, just being an individual who, loves to just research things and learn things. And, and I always can see things from a different perspective. One of the things that I realized is the society that we live in, it basically, because of the schooling system that we're in, it, 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 it creates a mindset in you where it's like a pass fail. It's like a, you either, you either got it right or you got it wrong. And if you got it wrong, then you got it wrong. Like there's no, Oh, partial credit, none of those things. And then on top of that, what we how we've been taught is like you have to be perfect so in the school system in the testing system in the society it's like you got to be perfect you got to do everything right i was playing i played sports growing up i'm six nine so i played basketball growing up and playing basketball you know you got to shoot shot like you're in practice and you, you would do certain drills where it was like all right if you miss a certain amount of shots then you got to do the drill again or if you're doing the drill and you mess up okay you got a turnover now we got to run like all of these things are great in that environment, but most of us are taught the environment we're in. And then we have to go into the real world. And some of the things that we got from those environments work, but many of the rooted underlying teachings do not work in society. Mm -hmm. So in society, you have to fail. Failing is what actually causes success. But playing sports and in a traditional school system, failing is a bad thing. If I'm playing basketball and I throw a turnover, my coach is going to pull me out the game and he's going to chew my head off. In life, if I, I'll give you an example. I invest in land. I bought a piece of land, didn't really do my research on it. And then come to find out the land's not, not really buildable on right now at the moment until they do, you know, to re, they um, reclassify the land. That's technically a loss. Now, had I been in my old mindset, I'd be like, oh man, I made a mistake. I got this land. No. Okay, so now what I did and what I told my wife was, hey, this is a learning a learning curve. Now I know, because we just started investing in land. Now mm -hmm. I know prior to me purchasing the land, let me go and look at all the zoning. Let me go and look at if it's in a flood zone, all of these different things. So that way I can make the proper decision on the land. I learned from the failure, but let's just say I had been on the basketball court. I would have got pulled out the game and chewed out for a failure um, close to that. So, so those are the things like on my journey, just realizing that failures are a part of life and failures are what catapult you um, to being successful. Um, knowing that, then I was able to, okay, let me move forward in my life and let me not take the heart to failures. Let me not take it personally. Let, it, let me not allow it to, to bring me down because these things are here to help me. Also, I started... I became mindful. Mindful was probably one of the most important things that I went through. Understanding what's going on, why am I doing the things, not just working off my programming and then looking back over my life at the at the certain patterns that continue to happen, but then also looking back over my life at things that can help. And I remember when I was about 21, 22, I was doing some things in my life. I had started coaching. I had just, you know, got home from school, you know, doing some things, but I felt like I was just behind the eight ball. And I remember I had a security position and I was doing security for a company where I had to go watch a restaurant. It was a Red Lobster or something because they had a cleaning guy coming in to clean the carpets. Mm -hmm. So me and him were talking and he was like, you know, I'm telling him I'm behind. I am. He's like in his 40s. He's like, man, you're fine. He said, you're actually ahead of the curve. He said, I didn't figure out what I want to do. till I was 35. I spent my whole 20s partying. But the fact that you already know you have to do something, you're ahead of the curve. 
So I like just looking back and understanding that, no, you're going to go through things in life. You're going to have situations in life. You're not going to have a perfect life. And that's okay. Those are some of the things that helped me push forward and overcoming um, failures once I actually became mindful and got a hold of. All right. All right. I know one of the, one of the things, you know, myself as a speaker, uh, one of the things that I talk about is failure, right? Mm. Because I had some failures early on, you know, in my life that kind of, uh, you know, pushed me to, you know, become basically to become the person that I am today. So, yes, you know, one of the things that I speak on is your current, your current failures is the foundation which your future success is built on. Yes, you know what right. I mean because it it all it is that that failure and those lessons learned that allowed you to adjust, which strengthens your foundation for your success later on. Because now you're not making those same mistakes Absolutely. that you know could lead to failure after you become successful. I'd rather have make mistakes while I'm not successful. Yes, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it ain't costing me as much. You know what yes, I mean. Look. Then they'll get up, you know, to where I have reached some level of success, and then those same fears come back to to haunt me, you know. And so I'm I'm able to look at things as yourself to see that okay, these are just the, these fears is part of it. It's yes. part of the success is to, to get these lessons and learn it and to build up on them so that we can go, you know, to the next level. And again, you know, not hitting those same failures once we've actually reached success in you know whatever area that we're we're striving for. And um, it also real quick, I wanted to add too. what I it's so funny because all the things that I quote unquote felt like I failed at are all lessons that or information that I was able to get. And then now with me helping men in my business infrastructure of a man, these are all things that I'm able to help men with. So mm -hmm. it's crazy because the, the things that I thought I had failed at in life are all things that I now help other men with because I went through the process. See, I had a I had this warped view that, oh, you're supposed to go through life and everything's supposed to be smooth and gravy. And if it's not smooth and gravy, then you're doing something wrong. It's actually the opposite. Your resistance is there to make sure that you're going to where you want to go to and doing what it is that you say you want to do. The resistance is needed. If you don't have resistance most times, then there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you're going through, you're getting resistance, then that means you're on the right path. Keep going. And all of those things that I had done, I now help other men get through them so it wasn't a failure at all it was actually a part of my success all right all right that's it that's it mm -hmm. i, I want to talk about a, another thing that you you talked about um which was contemplating suicide right and so i that's another part of my journey that that i'm very open with sharing um because it's a reality that yes, we right. all face at, uh not we all but some of us face at different times in our lives and then on Fortunately, everybody don't make it to the other side, yes. you know, and so I'm very vocal about my whole experience of, you know, going through my depression and the, the death of my mom and some other things all at the same time to where it led me to a place where I was contemplating it, you mm -hmm. know. And um, so one of the things that I, I talk about that helped me get out of that space was taking the focus off of me. And again, I talk about my daughter. Uh, at that time, my daughter probably was like six or seven. And so one of the things that I had to come to terms with, with myself was what would happen to my daughter if I'm not here? Yeah. And so I had to take that focus off of me and put it on her, which gave me a reason. I always say, you know, if you don't have a, a reason that you can't find a reason, you know, one reason to hold on just for today, you know what I'm saying? Then, you know, you look for that one thing that's just enough to get you through today. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I changed my, my viewpoint to taking the uh, focus off of me and the things that I was going through and saying that if for no other reason, I have to be here for my daughter yes. because I don't know what happened to her. So mm -hmm. in, in your own experience going through that, uh, your transition with, you know, what you were going through, what was something that you was able to hold on to to help kind of pull you out of that, out of that situation. Um, in my experience, you know, I'm glad you shared your experience. Thank you. Um, my experience, you know, kind of has a different mirror. So with my experience, it actually was me focusing on myself. So I know for you, you were like, I had to take the focus off of me. I had to focus on my daughter. My, my, my situation came from me not focusing on myself, always putting others before me. Mm -hmm. And so what that led to was 
me not really knowing who I was that led to me people pleasing that led to me trying to do what others wanted me to do as opposed to doing what I'm supposed to be doing or what I wanted to do. So like I stated before, I was a um, former high school coach, former high school teacher back home because I, you know, I relocated to Georgia. I'm from Florida. Prior to me relocating to Georgia, you know, I've worked, made decent money. But, you know, as a teacher at the time, making thirty six thousand, forty thousand dollars a year with four kids coaching, making, you know, stipending of like two thousand dollars, even getting a second job, making a couple extra hundred dollars a month. It still wasn't enough to move the needle. So even though I was helping all these other people and I was pouring into all of these students, my children didn't see me. You know, I'm coaching late nights, games. My children didn't see me. You know, I'm pouring into other people's children. I wasn't able to do the same thing for them. And then on top of that, I still didn't know me. I still didn't know who Virgil was. So for me, I had to literally take a step back and say, okay, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And I went through a phase of self-discovery. And in that phase of self-discovery, that's what I held on to. The discovery of who I was, like this new knowledge, this new foundness of, oh, wait, man. Like, I remember there was a point in time where literally I touched my arm and I was like, this is Virgil. Like, I had never even been aware of who I was. Like, I told you before, I'm 6'9". People always walk up to me and, man, you're so tall. I had never realized just how tall I was until one day I was just like, man, I'm this far away from the ground. Like once I became aware of me, mm-hmm. then that's, you know, that's what kind of catapulted me out of that. Like I knew me now, like, and I, and I loved me. I loved who I was and now I can move forward in what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Man. And, and you know, I, I really appreciate, and, and that's why I love having these conversations because like you said, our, our viewpoints going through the same, you know, situation sort yes, of, sir. you know what I'm saying? But two different viewpoints of, 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 of getting out or, you know, of focus or even, mm-hmm. you know, how we were feeling in the, in the midst of it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he, I, we even had this conversation because it, it just shows the array of viewpoints and the array of things that, that we may be going through as men that we, you know, probably would never really share yes. if we weren't having this conversation, you know? And, and like I said, like you pointed out, you know, my way of getting past it was to put the focus on, my daughter to take it off myself and your way of getting through it was to put the focus on yourself, mm-hmm. you know? And so, you know, there's a, there's a story behind every, every uh, situation that we go through. And then again, that's why I like sharing, you know, because now, you know, the men who are able to listen to this can see two different viewpoints, you know what I mean? And then they might even have a third viewpoint yeah. and how they make it through. Yes, so, sir. but it don't even matter. What matters is as long as we make it through, Yes, you sir. know, like I said, yes, unfortunately, sir. there are some who didn't make it to the other side of it. You know what I mean? There are some who actually went through with, you know, with the uh, the act and, and not here anymore. Yes. You know, and so I'm always, always definitely thankful and blessed that, you know, I was able to make it through. And then when I'm able to share my story and even hear the stories of, of uh, gentlemen like yourself, you know, that we made it through. And now we're not only did we make it through, but we're actually talking about it to have that voice for, for other men so they know they can make it through too. Yes, you know, sir. especially in the climate that we are in, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on. And, and definitely with our young men, you know, who are uh, kind of experience, experiencing some things in ways that we didn't experience it, you know? And so we mm-hmm. may have a different outlook on how we may have handled their problems. But yes, I always sir. say, you know, the things that you go through, you can't compare it to, what somebody else is going through because we all have our different levels, you know, of what we can take and, and how much we can deal with, you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, again, I, I, that's why I love having these, these conversations. So I want to uh, fast forward a little bit uh, into, into what, you know, who you are now and the, the yes, things sir. that you do now and, and talk to a, us a little bit about the, the self uh, study, right? Yes, sir. So one of the things that I, one of the books that I read and one of the things that I do actually right now, I'm a part of a, a organization called the Forgiveness Mission. Yes, and we do virtual, uh, virtual web, not virtual events uh, every quarter of the year. And we talk about forgiveness. And one of the things that I talk about is self-forgiveness, yes, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm big on, uh, on, you know, dealing with yourself, dealing with the things, you know, with you so that you'll be able to number one, forgive yourself. And when you're able to forgive yourself, it's a little easier to forgive other people. 
you know, because I found, and even in my own life, that there are some decisions and choices that I may have made in the past that didn't necessarily work out the way that I wanted them to, Mm -hmm. you know, and if I'm not able to forgive myself, now I'm holding a grudge against myself. Like I knew better. I should have known better. I should have did better, you know, so having to get to that place of being able to forgive myself, you know, and then now I'm able, you know, makes it easier for me to forgive others. So I'm big on the, the self-accountability. Yes. You know, what what yes. I'm getting to. Yes, um, well, when, when we're talking about, or when you're talking about the self-study, give us a little bit more about, you know, what that actually means and what that details and sort of the journey that you take, you know, men on to be able to uh, discover who they really are. Got you. So when it comes to the um, self-studying, the step prior for me, the step prior to self to self-studying was self-discovery. So because in order to study yourself, you have to know what you're studying. You have to know the topic. And if you don't know who you are, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, what your opportunities, you know, any of those things, then you're not going to have much to study. So the first thing that I went through was a self-discovery. And then for myself, it, it started with um, it started with me taking a personality test, the 16 personalities test. And when I took that personality test, what that personality test showed me was who I naturally was. And when it showed me who I naturally was, what that did was kind of give me a relief because some of the ways in which I operate are different than a lot of people that were around me. And for a lot of my life, people made me feel like how I operated was in error. And what it showed me was, no, this is who you naturally are and who you naturally are is okay. You have to figure out how can I make this work for me instead of trying to be in however, instead of me trying to be how everyone else made me or wanted me to be. I said, okay, this is me. How can I make this work for me? So I went through a, 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 a path or, you know, a, a period of self-discovery, learning who I am. So I, and I, and I had to study me down to the T. So I went and did my blood test to figure out what blood type I was. And that was important because I needed to know what foods work for my blood type. If I wanted to be great at what it was I was supposed to be great at, what foods are going to are gonna fuel me to be great? I can't put the wrong fuel in my body. So I had to do my blood type. I did my natal chart. I did my zodiac sign. I did um, other personality tests. I did my life path number. I did my DNA ancestry test to see where I came from, who my ancestors were, what blood is flowing inside of me. I did all of these things. I did so many things in my self-discovery because at the end of the day, the name of the game is to win. I have to win the game and life is already difficult. So why make it even more difficult on myself by going against what I was naturally created to do? So I need to know what was I naturally created to do so I can excel at that and be great. So I went through that self-discovery and then in that self-discovery and figuring out all the parts about me, good, bad, and different, what works, what doesn't work, then I went to a self-study. And in that self-study, it was, okay, how can I take what I just learned and, and, and make it practically applicable to my life? So um, for people who, you know, they don't necessarily want to go through, you know, all of those things or they don't necessarily believe in those things. There was also some questions. Like I said, I went in deep. So there were four questions that I like to ask myself as well with the self-study. So if you're trying to figure out, hey, man, because what I've learned is a part of depression and a part of why a lot of people want to check out of here is they just they don't know them. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to become successful. Most people just want to be successful. So it's like, OK, what am I truly good at? So one of the questions that like I asked myself is like, OK, what are multiple things? What is one thing or one or two things that multiple people who are unrelated have said to me or complimented me on? That's probably one of the easiest ways for you to figure out what you're great at. And figuring out what you're great at can give you a starting point to go and be successful in life. So in that self-study, it's like, okay, multiple people who had nothing to do with each other told me the same thing about myself. Also, you could then look at, well, what comes easy to me that's difficult for others? See, a lot of times society tries to put us in a box, but the, the the attributes that you have outside of that box is what causes you to be successful and which causes you to pull yourself out of that depression. Because once again, everybody just wants to be successful and they're fighting and trying to figure it out and they can't figure it out. So they're like, oh, I just want to give up. No, if you know where you're supposed to be going and what what skill works best for you, 
then you have a uh, you have a higher probability of becoming successful. And then you got to find out what's unique to you. So for myself, I'm six nine, I'm darker than most, and I'm bigger than most. I'm six nine, three hundred pounds. So I'm not like six nine, super skinny. So mm-hmm. by me being a large stature, people are automatically drawn to me, and I have a very a very powerful carrying voice. So when I put all of this information together, what I then ended up coming up with in my self study was okay, taking all the information about myself. I love researching. I love studying. I love teaching and I love speaking. So what that what that allowed me to do was come up with what it is that I'm naturally supposed to be doing, which is researching information and then using my voice to teach others the information that I've researched about them, especially people that need help. And I because I love helping people as well. So that's my self study was I was able to come to that conclusion with that self study by using some of those things that I explained. Um, that I was just explaining. Yeah, yeah, and and I know you mentioned about uh, taking different tests. Uh, I actually took the the disc assessment, yes. which is a, a personality test, mm-hmm. and even with that, um, I, I I swear by that also. You know, yep. I yeah, that, that yeah, take that disc that disc yes, assessment, sir. and if you guys don't know what that is, the disc assessment is like hundreds of years old, yes. right? But it's an assessment that basically breaks down that uh, just say that the human race basically has four personality types, yes, you know, and then, so it goes to to tell to let you know what's your personality type, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and what that means for you, like how yeah. you operate, how you like to learn, how you like to communicate, what's the best ways, you know, the best job maybe that, that you should look yes, into. Sir. You know, it kind of opens up a lot of doors just by helping you find out who you are. You know, and yes, so sir. I went through my own journey, uh, maybe mm-hmm. about a year or so ago, um, of self discovery and and getting into personal development, even within myself. And, and that was one of the things that I took was the disc assessment. Um, so, guys, and, and, you wanna, that. and what and what's and what's um, ironic is because I took the disc assessment too. So I took the sixteen personalities first, and then I took the disc assessment. The disc assessment really like blew my mind because, like you said, it tells you exactly who you are. But here's the ironic thing. My disc assessment and my life path number and my natal chart and my zodiac, my Chinese zodiac sign, all of that basically said the same exact thing. And they all like your disc assessment. It asks you questions and you answer those. Honestly, your life path number is just your birthday added up and then deduced down to the lowest number. And then it gives you who you naturally are from that. They both said the same exact thing about me. So I was like, no, this is naturally who I am because I went through two separate channels to find the same exact information. So I know this is who I am. So yes, the disc assessment is a very, um, yes, is a very powerful tool to use um, in discovering who you are. Yeah, yeah. So in that discovery, so we talked about the uh, the, the self-study, right? Uh, yes, but where we're trying to get to is self-mastery. Yes. You know, and so uh, when we try to get to the, the self-mastery, what does that look like? You know, like that finished product that, you know, the journey that, you know, you take men on and probably the journey that you're, I mean, I guess we're all still on the journey. You know what I'm saying? So the journey that you're on, but also that journey that you take men on to be able to, you know, kind of get to that spot. What does that kind of look like for, for us on that journey? Oh, absolutely. So as we go through the journey, so as far as for me and my journey and then how I take men through is you start with self-accountability. You said you were very big on that. Got to take accountability for your actions. Then what's next after that is um is the self-discovery, then your self-study, and then that leads you to the self-mastery. And the reason why you have to understand self-discovery and self-study, because self-mastery is very simply the alignment of your of your goals and your actions. And then it's also the controlling of your emotions or your internal state while aligning your goals and your actions. Your goals are chosen the best. If you want to be successful, choose goals that align with who you naturally are. So me, mm-hmm. I have a great, powerful voice. I'm naturally going to gravitate toward being a professional speaker. That's why I went into the professional speaking field. In order for me to, to, to be successful at that, I had to know that's what I was great at. So that's why I went through that. Now, the self-mastery is what are my actions? Because most people, they have actions, but then their actions aren't lining up with what their um, what their goal is. 
and it's not lining up with their vision. They don't have a vision because they don't know who they are. So you have to know who you are so you can create a vision and know where you're going. Me, I know that I'm a great speaker. I'm going to be a great professional speaker. So that means that all of my actions should align with me being a professional speaker. And this kind of touches on my younger daughter as well. Um, you know, me and my wife going through our marriage, you know, you in a marriage, you go through crazy things. So sometimes, you you know, you can get loud with one another. I naturally have a loud voice. So now what my daughter does, my two year old, if she sees, hears me start getting loud, she's like, daddy, shh, shh, daddy, shh. But it's a good thing that she does that because me being a professional speaker, I can't just be vicariously, you know, straining my voice because I need my voice to go and speak. I like, let's just say we had this podcast and I came to you because me and my wife had gotten into an argument. I'm yelling at the top of my voice. Hey, I can't do the podcast because I lost my voice. See me making sure that I keep my voice good is my actions lining up with, with where it is. And I'm trying to go. My goals are being a professional speaker. So now I had to learn how to communicate better with my wife while I'm not raising my voice. And it has helped our marriage. So because I got on that path of self-mastery, making sure that I keep my voice good, now me and my wife communicate better. And it allows me to stay prepared for speaking opportunities, which is what it is that I need to do. So most people, they have goals. They just have things that they're doing, but it doesn't line up with goals. Then most people have goals where the actions aren't lining up, but then they have the two, but then their emotions get in the way and they allow their emotions to pull them out. So I want to be a professional speaker and I want to make sure that I'm helping people and changing lives. I can't get into I can't get into it with an idiot driving on 285 here in Atlanta because he cut me off. Because then what if we get out of the car and we start fighting? Now, I, I can't. What, something happened. I got to, you know what I'm saying? He shoots me or something. You know what I'm saying? That, that's it. That's controlling my emotions. So sometimes things happen and I literally bite my tongue, Virgil, let it go. You trying to, you got somewhere bigger to be. You can't get into it with idiots on the interstate, but about a car that, you know, cut you off. It's not that big of a deal. Like you got a family you got to get back to. So that's why it's important to make sure you're controlling your emotions because if you don't control your emotions and you do something stupid, it can totally throw off your goals and all of your um your other actions that that align the two, which is all a part of self mastery. All right, all right. So I got I got one more thing that I wanted to to uh, touch on a little bit, you know, because I know that as men uh, dealing with our families, dealing with our jobs, you know, dealing with ourselves. You know what I'm saying? That we go through a, a, a lot of different uh, feelings of emotion and, and things like that. Because it's definitely dealing with emotion, which is our biggest strength as men uh, in general, which which separates men from women is being able to uh, act out of facts, not feelings. Yes, you know what I mean? To be able to act out, you know, uh, reasonably, not acting out of your emotions, but, you know, being able to think through every situation and act accordingly. Um, but I know that there are some times that we deal with some stuff that affects us, you know, emotionally, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And so well, I know one of the things that you talk about is anxiety and, and that feeling of hopelessness mm -hmm. and helping, you know, men to overcome that. So give us a little bit about that, that we something that we can take, you know, uh, even in that sphere of, you know, I've, I haven't had anxiety, but I I've know some people who does. You know, yeah. and so just share with us a little bit about, you know, some tips or things that we can use to kind of help us to get, you know, over those things. Got you. OK, so the very first thing that you have to deal with is you have to, the very first thing that you have to do is know what it is that you're dealing with, because you have to give the right antidote to the right to the right um, issue. So typically there are five major types of anxiety. So you have your um, general anxiety disorder, which is GAD. You have your um, obsessive compulsive disorder. You have post-traumatic stress disorder. You have panic disorder. And then you have, um, what's the last one? Social anxiety disorder. So you have the five major types of anxiety. And you have to know which one you're dealing with because though you can uh, you can attack all of them with kind of like the same broad stroke um, brush, each one of them in order to get to the root and uproot the problem, you have to address each one of them differently. So, for instance, when it comes to, say, panic disorder and post-traumatic stress disorder, both of those deal with a very triggering event, like whether it be an assault, um, being in the middle of a catastrophe like a war, witnessing a violent crime, you know, child abuse, something like that. 
both of those have um both of those are related but post-traumatic stress disorder deals with the thought and the remembrance of those where panic disorder deals with it happening in the moment so let's just say someone you know just runs up on you like hey they got a gun they put a gun to your chest hey give me all your money you may faint right there that's panic disorder so and that that's a very extreme version but something else may be just you and your spouse are getting into it and all of a sudden you feel yourself starting to get heated and 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 lifted up so you have to be you have to be aware of what's going on so that way you can calm yourself down. So some people that get in very tight situations and they start slowing down. Um, their body starts getting hot. So once you realize that you can say, okay, wait, hold on. I'm safe. Everything is fine. Maybe I grab the table. So that way I can bring myself back to reality. Like I'm feeling things like, okay, here's the table. Here's the bed. Here's the wall. You know, here's a chair. Let me breathe. Another great way to help with the panic disorder is to do the 4-1 breathing technique. So you want to make sure that you are taking four short breaths in, one long breath out. And what that does is that signals to your body that you're overly stimulated. And so it needs to slow down the flow of blood. Most people think, oh, I need to take deep breaths. No, when you take deep breaths, what that's doing is signaling to your body that you aren't getting enough oxygen and then it speeds your heart rate up. Well, if you're already in a crazy situation, you don't want to speed right, your heart right, right. You want to slow it down. So that's why you take the four short breaths, one long breath out. So that way you can slow your body down. Also, you have to just, you have to know what are your triggers? What is triggering this, this one of these anxieties? So for instance, you got social anxiety disorder. Social anxiety disorder typically happens when someone is in a social setting and they've been called on to do something that they either aren't confident in or they didn't know that they were going to do or something that's just uncomfortable to them. A story that I heard, I was studying, you know, social anxiety disorder. And there was a lady who was telling her story. And she was saying when she was in high school, ninth grade, she hated attention being on her. She didn't like people having their eyes on her. So one day she's sitting in class and she had to go use the restroom, but she knew she had to raise her hand to go ask the teacher to use the restroom. But she knew if she raised her hand, eyes the the students the other students eyes would be on her so instead of raising her hand to go use the restroom guess what she did she She sat there in her seat and urinated on herself so now just think how crazy that is what do you think the students were going to say because she was afraid oh typically people with social anxiety disorder are afraid of what other people are going to say or think about them but just imagine what other people are now going to say and think about her because she urinated on herself. So we got to think like when it comes to social anxiety disorder, what irrational fear is this leading me to exhibit? That's an irrational fear. I'd rather urinate on myself than to have people look at me for two, three seconds and they're going about their business. But a lot of people have irrational fears like that that cause them to do crazy things in their life. And then the last one I really want to touch on is the generalized anxiety disorder or GAD. It's the problem. It's I call it the chain of what ifs. So with the chain of what ifs, it's like, well, what if this happens? I'll give you a great example. Right now we're in a society, we just, you know, coming out of COVID, but now we're going into like some type of recession or whatever. So a lot of people are afraid to lose their jobs. So some people are like, well, what if I lose my job? And then what if me losing my job, I can't pay my bills? Or what if me not being able to pay my bills, I lose my house? And what if me losing my house, me and my children are sleeping under a bridge, we're homeless. And what if us being homeless, someone kills us? So now what happens is your brain connects me losing my job to me and my children dying. That's what general anxiety disorder leads you to. And so you have to like get to the root of why you're thinking that way. And then you have to address the issue, come up with solutions to the problem, be proactive, not reactive. And that's some of the ways that you can kind of deal with the problem. So get to the root, be proactive, not reactive. Make sure you're staying aware of the situation, like making sure you're staying in the present moment. And then when you get a moment later on, look back over those things and, and understand where, where did they come from? How did they originally, where are the, what are the origins of those disorders and that anxiety? And then address them and rewrite that script. Man, I, I, I like that because uh, I've never really dealt with myself with like I said, I know people that have anxiety, but I didn't even know it was that many different yes. types. I only thought it was like three, you know what I mean? So I, I thank you for even you know breaking that down for us to be able to you know know the difference and even to giving us uh ways to uh, 
uh, address them if we are dealing with those with those issues, man. Uh, Virgil, man, I, I thank you for being on, man. Thank you for coming in and lending your expertise. It's definitely been eye opening for me. Um, uh, I know. Um, I think we mentioned before. If we probably did mention. I don't know if we mentioned or not that you along with your program. So you do have you have a program, yes, right? Sir. That you that you teach. Uh, actually, I want you to tell us a little bit about the program, and then also tell us a little bit about uh, the books that you have. Also, so give us okay. a little bit about the uh, program, and um, you know, tell us a little bit that, about that. Okay, so with my program, it's a you know I do coaching. Um, you know, building my online course right now. I also do professional speaking. So the program is helping people overcome anxiety and hopelessness through self-mastery. So I teach people how to discover themselves, the process of discovering themselves, the process of studying themselves, and then how to take that information, figure it out, mold it all out into who it is that they're supposed to be, and then taking who it is that they're supposed to be and figuring out how they can then go and apply it to their life to be successful in whatever it is that they're supposed to be successful in. Um, whether it is, you know, especially as men, how to take what you're great at and going and finding a career that allows you to excel and bring in more money. How to take who you naturally are and how to how to properly interact with other people in your life, especially your spouse. A lot of us deal with a lot of bickering about and what our spouse. So I teach you how to use who you naturally are to properly communicate with your spouse, how to create goals, visions, and dreams. So those are the things that I do, um, you know, tangible things that can, that allow you to be successful in whatever area in your life it is that you're trying to be successful, even working out. So if people think, oh, I just go to the gym. No, that's why it's important to study who you are, because some people, their workout is different than other people. There isn't a one size fits all workout plan. Some people there, like, like we know running track, you're a long distance sprinter, I mean, long distance runner. You can run marathons, but some people, they only can run sprints. You can't be a sprinter thinking I'm going to go to the gym and run five miles every day. You're going to fail. But you have to learn who you naturally are so you can be great at that. You can be confident in that and be great at that and then become successful at that. So that's what my program teaches people, how to discover who they are, how to study who they are, and then put it into a practical application in their life. As far as um, my books I have here, um, my Garden Bed of Life journal. So with the Garden Bed of Life journal, what this does is it takes the, the idea of gardening and it puts it into a real world application. So I teach people how to take their ideas and take them from being a seed into fruition, which is harvesting it. And then, you know, going through your planting phase, um, your growing phase, your pruning, and then your harvesting and then just writing those things down and, and what steps did you take to grow your idea that you're trying to have or that you want to come into existence. And then my book that I have uh, right now, my first published work, um, it's called Making Your Enemy Your Footstool, uh, How to Use the American System to Your Benefit as a Black Individual in America. So in this book, I talk about how to take the American system and the things that are in it and the things that may have been used against us and use them to our benefit. Um, to become successful in America as black individuals. Um, I'm working on a, you know, an updated, better version as I get more information and knowledge and apply more things to my life. I want to pass that information on. So at the time when I wrote this book, this was the information I had, but now I've gathered a wealth of more information that I want to put into the second edition of this book. So those are the, um, that's my program. And then these are the two um, um, works that I have, the two published works that I have. All right. All right, man. Again, I appreciate you coming on, man, and sharing your expertise. I want you to leave us with a, a word of advice or inspiration, however you see uh, see yes, fit sir. to do it. And definitely leave us with your um, uh, social media handles and your website and things like that. So uh, the listeners know how they can get in contact with you and, and follow you and uh, even work with you. You know, and so I'll, I'll give you a couple of seconds to uh, to think about that. Uh, to my listeners, I told you guys that I would tell you how you could win a hundred dollars from the podcast, and you can win a hundred dollars from the podcast by joining our super subscriber contest. So, in order to drive to uh, to join the super subscriber contest, what does that mean? You must subscribe to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page, and our podcast on Spotify. And after you've done those three things. Uh, then you need to text the word WIN, W-I-N, to the number 
866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 to qualify to win $100. Uh, the contest is ongoing and is random, which means that it never stops. So you always have a chance to win. And once you're in, you're in. And so, you know, at random, I'll just pick a name and then that'll be our $100 winner. Uh, and it doesn't cost you anything to do that. You already listening to the podcast. Might as well subscribe and put yourself in position to win some money. Uh, another thing that I didn't talk a lot about that I want you guys to make sure you go to um, ebooksbyejames.com to check out uh, my ebooks that I have that's available. Uh, definitely a, a wealth of knowledge there. Um, I know I have three that's available right now. Uh, Males to Men, which is a male mentoring uh, ebook. For young men going into manhood, I have a ebook uh, called uh, "The Four Core," which is the four core values that every daughter should receive from her father. That book is definitely good for daughters, but also good for fathers, so that you know what you should be pouring into your daughters. And then I have a book called um, uh, "Forgiving Me: The Four Steps to Self Forgiveness." Um, all three of those are available at ebooksbyejames.com. Please go and check those out. And if you like them, hey, then you can also have the opportunity to become an affiliate of uh, the book. So you can get your own um, affiliate link, pass it out, share it with your friends. And when somebody else buys uh, any of the ebooks, you get 50% of whatever they spend. So uh, definitely, guys, go check that out. Again, that's ebooksbyejames.com uh, to check out the ebooks. Also, don't forget about the Deal to Heal teas that we have, our inspirational teas. And make sure you listen, like, subscribe, and share to our podcast on all social media platforms. Mr. Virgil, once again, let me say thank you for being on. Uh, I really appreciate it. Like I said before, with you coming on and sharing your gifts, sharing your inspiration. So I'll let you have the last word. So the floor is yours. Thank you. And I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate you, Um, you know, just trusting in me to be able to come and pour into your audience. So as far as, you know, where you can all reach me at on Instagram, you can find me at infrastructure underscore of a underscore man. And then on YouTube, you can find me at infrastructure of a man. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, anything, any questions you want to ask me, you can email me at info at vjohnsoninspires.com. Once again, that's info at v johnsoninspires.com my website is vjohnsoninspires.com and those are the main products also i'm sorry if you want to purchase the journal or if you want to purchase the book those both are on amazon so you can just type in the titles um making your enemy your footstool by virgil johnson or garden bed of life journal by virgil johnson they'll pop up and then you'll be able to purchase those two items on instagram one of the things that I want to leave you all with, <clears throat> share a quick story. September 2021, an individual tried to pull a gun on me and shoot me. And in self-defense, I had to stab them. I ended up going to jail for even though it was self-defense, I ended up going to jail. As I was sitting, being interviewed or interrogated, the detective literally told me, hey, no, you didn't do anything wrong. I'm sorry, as far as like defending yourself. But because you were bigger than the other individual, you could have done something different. So I ended up being arrested and going to jail. In this situation, I'm sitting there like, what? How did I end up here? Like, I'm defending my life. How did I end up here? And in the course of me being um, locked up for those days that I was locked up, I ended up having to sell me. This was during COVID 2021. So we were locked down 23 hours a day, one hour out. You use the phone to eat. And in talking to the cellmate that I was talking to, one night we're up and he asked me, are you awake? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go to sleep, but what's up? And he said, hey, man, I didn't know why I was in here. I didn't know what was my reason for being here. I know I had done some crazy things in the past, but I had been trying to get my life together. And here I am in locked up and I don't know why. He said, before I got in here, my thought was when I got out of here, before I met you, my thought was before. Um, he said, when I met you, my thought was when I leave out of here, I'm going to kill myself. He said, but talking to you, you gave me a new perspective on life. He said, you changed my life and I can't thank you enough. This information that you gave me that I did not know. And now I can do something different in my life with it. 
we had to change cellmates. My second cellmate told me something very similar. When we got released on bond, I ended up changing the lives of about 15 to 20 inmates just with information that they did not have. So even though I'm a great person, I did something to help, you know what I'm saying, to preserve my life. I thought something happened to me as a consequence, but it wasn't a consequence. This is the importance of continuing to push forward in life, because even though you're going through trials and tribulations, especially if you're a good person, your trials and tribulations aren't there as punishment. They're there as a refinement. They're there to help others as well. So keep pushing through and eventually you'll get your reward. I can't promise you when, but if you don't give up, you can't lose. Just keep going and eventually you'll get your reward and eventually you'll end up winning. Amen. Amen. We can't end it no better than that. Uh, to my listeners, thank you guys for tuning in once again to the Deal to Heal with E. James podcast. Well, our mission is to help people to deal, to heal, and to fulfill, to deal with your problems to heal from the pain, and to fulfill your purpose. So until next time, guys, we will see you next week. Be blessed. See y'all later. Hey, guys, I know you're enjoying the podcast. However, don't forget to join our text line at 866-326-0730. That's 866-326-0730 in order to receive text messages with new events and things that is going on and new episodes as they release. All right. See you in a minute. Thanks for listening to the deal to heal with E James podcast. Remember to listen, like subscribe and share. This episode has been brought to you by deal to heal teas. Put some inspiration in your situation. Wear an inspirational tea and be inspired all day. Let's go to deal to heal teas dot my Remember, our mission is to help you to deal, heal, and fulfill. Deal with your problem, heal from the pain, and fulfill your purpose. Thanks for listening.